Hi guys, welcome to the Fintech Coffee Break. I'm your host, Isabel Castro. This week, I shared my coffee break with Nico Simcoe, CEO and founder of Claire, an earned waged access and banking app. Now, I've covered earned waged access before, but Claire is a different player within the space. The company approaches earned wage access like a loan, also offering employees other banking services. I asked Nico about this approach and why he went through the long, arduous process to be able to do this. I also asked him his opinion on regulations rolling out in the space and where he expects it to develop going forward. Hey Nico, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm really happy to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you, me too, Isabel. So to begin with, what gets you up in the morning, Nico? Well, what gets me up in the morning, especially to go to work, is to help America's workforce feel financially free. Okay, that's that's a good reason to get you up. Um, and you found so you found it, Clev. Tell me. Let's start by you telling me kind of what brought you to founding Claire, and then I'll focus on the whole Claire bit. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm originally from Argentina and Switzerland, which basically means the way I got myself into the US was um, through college. So I came as a student during that time. I had to work uh, an hourly job. Um, some of it is to pay bills for university, but also to have a bit more pocket money to enjoy university. And during that time, I got paid with a physical check. Uh, and it was, let's put it that way, it was not the simplest pay process. And I was thinking, why can you have Venmo and all these like instant pay apps to pay your friends, but you cannot get your paycheck immediately as soon as you clock out of work? And so as a student, I didn't do much about it, but it, that idea kind of stuck with me. I ended up working at JP Morgan after university for a few years. And during that time, I saw what the, what would say the, the, the ride sharing apps did, which is they start paying their drivers immediately after every ride and and the, and the drivers loved it. And so I was like, can you take that concept and bring it to the rest of the economy? And that's how Claire started. Okay, okay. So was it straight after uni or? It was about four and a half years after uni. I did work for a few years at a big bank. Okay, okay, cool. And so why earned wage access? I mean, you've kind of already touched on it, but I want you to go deeper. Yeah, uh, whether it was me when I was a student or, you know, most Americans, um, you know, didn't have the ability to uh, cover an unexpected expense. Um, you know, more than 50% of people don't have, I think, between 400 to $1,000 just in case. Um, and ultimately, those, uh, the solutions that are there in order to get money right now are often very, very, very expensive. Think about payday loans, think about, you know, paying oftentimes above 20% interest on uh, on your credit card over four year in order to get money. And so could you actually, could consumers borrow against themselves? And by themselves, I mean, literally the money that they've earned, but not yet received. And, uh, and that I think is what, you know, gets me really, really excited is being able to solve that societal problem through technology and financial engineering. Mm-hmm. And um, how does the Claire solution actually work? Like, there's a, quite a few bits to it, aren't there? 
Exactly. So um, our goal was basically to create a product that would make consumers not have to pay even a penny for wage advances. So they could take as many wage advances as they want, always for free and always instant. Um, and the way to do that is you have to sign them up for a product uh, that does generate revenue. And um, and so the way we created that was to sign them up for a new digital bank. And the kind of the contract we have with a consumer is if you're willing to put at least a portion of your paychecks, right? So every time you get paid, your paychecks go into this new digital bank called Claire. Um, in return, um, we're going to give you a uh, proportional to how much you're putting in the bank, um, um, you know, your wages in real time. And, and then the big bet we were making was because they put their paycheck in that bank and we give them a de debit card, they would spend on that debit card. And when they spend on that debit card, we then generate something called Durban exempt interchange. And that is enough to cover all the other costs. Um, and so that's a little bit what the consumer has to go through in order to sign up for us. Okay. Okay. That, that makes so much sense. And you can see kind of how that would scale and how that works for you as well as for the consumer. Right. And in not a dodgy sense either. It's like quite straightforward. Um, so what has the impact of your solution been? I, I imagine you chat to kind of like your customers and the people who are using this. Have, have you noticed what the impact has been? Of course. Um, you know, we've crossed $100 million in deposits as a company. Uh, we've been live with about, you know, there's at least one active user at close to 6,000 businesses now in the country. Um, there is, uh, uh, you know, uh, over, I would say 200,000 people that have got into our application. And so really the impact at the macro level is that the uh, impact at the micro level is we've, I think under our math, we've saved consumers close to $7 million in fees that, they would have had to pay in order to get the exact same financial services as they would have gotten through us. Um, and so um, that's a huge you know, level of social impact. Um, I think the other thing is the impact we've had is typically people don't love their banks. Um, and for us, we have an MPS score that is, um, it oscillates between 65 and 71. And for anybody you know who knows what that MPS score is like, that's as, honestly as high as it gets in, in financial services. And so overall, we've just made people feel a little happier with their bank um, and also a lot less financially stressed because in case they do need $100, $200, $300 right before their, their paycheck lands, they have a solution to get there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the fees that you mentioned, is that normally from, what's that normally from? Where If they weren't using Claire, what's that news, yeah. usually from? We basically took the average of fees that people would pay to get an advance. We took the average of fees that people would, you know, would, would have to pay uh, in order to bank especially people who work paycheck to paycheck. There's things like inactivity fees. There's things like overdraft fees. Those are all very, very typical for banks. Um, and so we said, well, what if we took the average of what those fees were and we were charging them for for that? How much money you know, would we be making? And therefore, we're saving for the consumer. And so that's the math that we're doing on our side. Okay. So these people who are kind of, um, a lot of them are paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you read a lot of reports that so many are living paycheck to paycheck. Like these kind of fees, I guess they can make quite a big difference to people's lives and taking them away also makes a lot of difference, right? Exactly. Like the, I was talking to a customer yesterday, um, 
And she was telling me that, well, rent was due for, I think, most of the world last weekend uh, or like about a week ago. Uh, and and she was like, look, I had an issue that my my rent was due on the 1st, but my paycheck was actually this month going to lend on the 2nd. And if I didn't get my my rent paid on the 1st, I would have a $75 late fee. Uh, and that was just because my paycheck would be a day late. And so like literally Claire saved me because I needed to flex another. In her case, it was $400. I just borrowed it for myself, paid it back immediately the next day, but I saved $75. And for me, that's, that's, that's the difference we're creating here. That's the kind of like financial flexibility, financial freedom we're creating for consumers. Because again, they're just borrowing against themselves, right? They're borrowing against uh, their own paycheck. In the background, of course, they're taking a, a real advance. They need to pay it back. All of it is automated. But for the consumer, the user experience is really they're borrowing against themselves. Yeah, I, I wanted to go into this a little bit more because, I mean, a lot of people in the earned wage access space, they don't approach it like you guys do. Kind of the understanding that I get is that you approach it like a loan and it is mm -hmm. kind of like you do all the underwriting and all everything that needs to be done for a loan, you do that. Um, tell me about that. What What was behind that decision? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. So, um, if you're what's happening in the background uh, before you know, I, I go into why we we think this is this is this is a form of lending, um, is is basically somebody needs to advance the funds to the consumer in order to flex the wages. Right? It's going to be very complicated for the employers to do that because uh, honestly, it's operationally a nightmare. So you need kind of a third party to advance the funds. So that's what we do. So because you're advancing money to consumers with the expectation of getting paid back, our stance has been there will be um, maybe not a majority, but many, many states that will believe that this is a form of consumer credit, right? You're literally advancing credit to people getting paid back. There's, And then there's, there's, there's if you're going to do that, there's a lot of licenses you need to, to go ahead and get. Well, most providers in the market were have not kind of, I would say, even taking the stance that this is a form of credit. Uh, their view is like, no, this is not credit. Um, we don't we don't have to advance it. The view we had was, I personally didn't know, and I didn't know where all the regulators would be. So the way to protect ourselves was to go ahead and call this credit. So in the case some states would call it credit, we would be defending now. That's starting to happen. Uh, states like Connecticut uh, have come out, states like Maryland have come out to say, hey, this is a form of, of credit. And so we're very happy we make that decision. But the decision was really taken with the idea that like we want to have a product that is generational, meaning like we don't have to kind of remove our entire uh, back-end system every three years because some states say one thing and some states say something else. We'd rather have something that is very consistent that can um, you know, withstand any state-by-state -state, uh, law changes. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you're kind of protected from that. Um, I mean, you mentioned the regulations that are kind of rolling out in different states. Some have come out and said that it's not a credit product, it's not a loan. What's your opinion on this? Well, I think the reason... Well, let's understand why people don't think it's it's alone. Um, uh, it's because if you want to, it, it, it's easier to operate without having to get licenses, right? It took us two and a half years to do it. You need to get a national bank on board. We're not the one advancing the money. It's a lot of work to do it as a loan. So it's easier to operate first and foremost without calling it a loan. Secondly, like, I think that 
um, it's also uh, uh, from from our perspective um, the most consistent way to attract and retain customers, whether that's employers and employees, to be consistent with the book of law that is in front of us, which is there is, uh, you know, the Truth and Lending Act was basically created in the 70s by National Congress, which says, hey, if you're advancing money to people, expectation of getting paid back, here's a list of guidelines, which ended up being Reg Z, that needs to be followed. Again, it's easier as a company not to have to follow any of these rules. But what we've decided to do was like, hey, with additional funding, we're able to do this the right way. And and that's why I think like the the argument to be made that, you know, this is a form of credit is, I think, a little bit more logical compared to every credit product out there than saying this is this is not credit. But I understand from a company's perspective why you would do it the easier route. It's because you have your less work, you have less expenses and you go to market faster. Mm-hmm. Have you have you kind of received any, I don't know, criticism or anything like that for going that way and not going the same way as other EWA providers? I mean, I think that states and the government have been very receptive to us do doing things the right way. Like consumer protection agencies have come out and basically said, please call this a form of credit. Because again, you're just advancing money with the expectation of getting paid back. Therefore, this is credit. And there's nothing wrong with it. Just go and go and apply for licenses, you know, or go work with a national bank. Um, and so I think we've gotten a lot of like very positive feedback. Uh, I think we've grown a lot as a business thanks to that because larger businesses that are very sophisticated are realizing, hey, you guys are actually advancing money to people. You're, we're not charging fees, but in their other players in the space charge fees. We want to make sure you get licenses. So we've met a lot of businesses that have come to us and say, we'd rather work with you because you have a national bank backing this. You're not even the ones advancing the money. You have like all of this, you know, well disclosed. Uh, and so that has helped us a lot. Now, um, of course, I think other providers are a little bit, I would say, annoyed by the fact that like we did this the right way. But I think that's that's the beauty of a market, right? Is that uh, with uh, with the right funding, with the right uh, you know product process, with the right research, that is how we progress as a, as as an industry. Is by uh, you know maybe players who took some shortcuts having to reckon with that, and then providers who maybe took a slower start and like. It did take us two and a half years to get to this point. Um, you know, you're kind of ripping those those, those benefits, uh, uh, you know, down the line. So, so I don't know. Uh, look, a lot of states are going to be saying it's fine not to call this credit. A lot of it also because there's, you know, there's there is some lobbying taking place, and so, mm-hmm. um, and that that's understandable. At the end of the day, all of us in this industry, to be clear, are trying to give people alternatives to payday loans. Um, it's just in the details how the disclosures are done. That I think is where there's different mentalities and different products that are being built, and um, I just feel good about um, you know going all the way to the compliant route um, and not as you know as as as, pos- as much as possible, not trying to take any any shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've mentioned that this is going to kind of cover you if state regulation isn't consistent and all that kind of stuff. Are there th- other things? And you've also uh mentioned that bigger companies are interested in partnering you because of the compliance are there any other things that have made it more easy because you've gone down that really long route um mm-hmm. and gone the way that you have um scalability um less noise um number of times that i've you know answered the question hey 
how is you know this state deciding that earnwidge access is this form of lending or not lending affecting you? It's so nice to be able to say, hey, this doesn't really affect us because we've called this lending, we've partnered with a national bank. Like it's 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 really like I don't wake up having to think about it. And so what it benefits is that my team can be really focused on growth, on product experience, on launching better products. I think also calling this a form of credit allows us to do potentially credit reporting, which is something we're looking into now. But if you're not calling it credit, how do you want to report it as mm -hmm. a form of credit? You know, so like, I think there's a lot of cool things we can do there. Um, um, consumers, I think after, from a financial standpoint, like after making sure they have always money uh, uh, in case of emergencies. The other thing is they want a better credit score because a better credit score in the long run gives us also better access to different types of credit, whether it's buying a car or something else. And so we want to help consumers not only with wage advances, that's why we kind of open an entire digital bank for them, but we want to help them save. We want to help them get better credit. We want to help them be on top of their bills. And honestly, you know, we're losing money whenever they take a wage advance. We don't, we, we don't make money off of this mm -hmm. in our current product. And so the idea here is like, we have all the incentive for them to stay for the bank, but not take any wage advances. And I love that about us because that's, that really aligns us with our mission, which is make people feel financially free. Mm -hmm. I like that. I really do. Um, where do you see the space in general developing over the next few months, the next years, taking into account maybe regulations that have come into play? Yeah. So maybe let's talk about regulation. Let's talk about market growth. Mm -hmm. And then maybe also let's talk about um, what I think is going to happen with players in the market. Mm -hmm. um, starting with regulation, there's going to be more and more noise, uh, which is at the beginning of the wave. I think there's going to be more federal noise, more state noise. Um, I think everybody's waiting for California to come out with their, um, I would say, like finalized proposal of what they're going to be doing. That will trigger an enormous amount of states that also will like look at this. So I think that's going to be that's going to be next few months, if not the next few years. It's very hard to know exactly when these mm -hmm. things are going to come out, but I think the next few months and years are going to be with that. So that's number one. Um, I think in terms of market, I think we're going to see an enormous amount of growth in this market. Uh, the reason why is because I would say, I think EY did a study that it was more like between 5 to 10% of businesses um, offer, or, you know, earn wage access today. That means 90% of the market is untapped. That means, you know, players like us are going to be able to like greenfield acquire uh, customers, acquire tech platforms that want to offer this as, a, as, a, as their own solution. So I think just the, 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 like the pie is just going to get really big. And so that brings me to my third point, which is um, um, players in the space. I think that there's been a lot of money invested in the space, but uh, not everybody built the right compliance, not everybody built the right go-to-market strategy. So I think there's going to be a lot of M&A going on, um, um, a lot of like reconciliation in the space. I think everybody's also estimating that this is going to happen. Um, and so I'm really excited about it because that with a growing pie, with clarification from regulators, and I would say a lot of different players trying different strategies, it's going to be clear what the winners are going to be. And so it's just going to help the space overall. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. That's a, that's a really well-rounded response. Thank you for that. Um, where are you guys going to be focusing your efforts? I don't know whether you can tell me this. Where are you yeah. going to be in over the next year? Uh, one word, growth. Um, for us, look, we're not... We're not the first players in the space. Um, we spent years building the right infrastructure. Um, at honestly, you know, uh, we probably are still smaller than some of the original players. Um, it's hard. We're all private companies, so it's always hard to know. 
Um, but the reality for us is uh, it's all growth. Like uh, we, and, and, and for that, for me, is going to be focus. Is like we have a lot of opportunities ahead. Um, I'm really excited about, um, um, you know, building uh, a credit builder product for our consumers, but also enabling uh, HR tech solutions, which is payroll companies, workforce management systems to like kind of build their own version of a wage access, uh, wage access solution. And the reason why is because these apps are not these old, old school time clocks nobody cares about. And they're not like payroll systems you're not in every day. Like I'm realizing I'm in my payroll system so frequently now because it helps me with performance management, managing time off, you know, uh, it helps me with uh, ordering some stuff for the office. And I think these, 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 these tools are now becoming like workforce super apps. And so I'm really excited to see how wage advance can be something that's embedded within those solutions with the right compliance, with the right repayment flow. And, and at the end of the day, making it as cheap as humanly possible for consumers, all the way to being free if they're willing to open a new bank account. Okay, cool. That is really, really exciting. I'm looking forward to watching your development. So in the meantime, you've got your last two questions, which is the first one, what's a piece of advice you've been given that you would give to someone else? Yeah, my, can I make the someone else uh, another founder yes. or anyone okay, cool. you want to <laughs> yeah um i think there's this saying which is and hopefully i'm not going to butcher it but it's um you can do anything you want uh that you put your mind to but you cannot do everything and i think that's a saying that i've had you know in my head for quite a while which is um um in order to deliver on things, in order to build something, you have to be unbelievably focused and you have to be aware of what you're going to say no to. And so I think my piece of advice is just like, be, make a conscious decision about what you really, really care about and therefore what you do not care about. And making that makes your life so much easier. But I think most people either don't want to make a decision, it's hard to say no, want to pretend they can do everything. And I think that then bites them back a few months later. And so that's my piece of advice of the day. Nice piece of advice. Don't spread yourself too thin. I am going to take that piece of advice. I definitely do that. <laughs> um, we all do. Yeah. Um, your curveball question, which I've literally, I, I normally do them before this call, but I just did it like while you were talking. I'm sorry. I was listening at the same time. <laughs> so if you could have a superpower, what would you choose and why? Yeah. I would love to fly. Um, I know it's completely irrelevant probably for my day-to-day -day work, but I'm fascinated by planes. I think that planes are an absolute marvel. I think that as humans, we went from first flight and I think half, you know, 50 years later, we're, we're able to put people on the moon, uh, if my timeline is right. But it's like in less than 100 years, we basically went from learning how to fly to put someone on, uh, somebody on the moon. And like, I think that, you know, being able to, to just fly myself around, which doesn't exist today, but um, in a very easy and direct way would be incredible. Um, since a kid, I want to be able to do that. I don't think I'll figure it out one day, but I would love that superpower to exist. Well, I hope so too. That sounds great. And maybe it will. You never know. Like, <laughs> who knows what Tesla's going to bring out next year? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and all the other ones, you know. Uh, so how can people get a hold of you? Absolutely. So um, people can find me, of course, on LinkedIn, Nico Simco uh, from Claire, or they can just go on our website, getclaire.com. Great. 
Okay, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed our conversation and have a really good rest of your day. Thank you so much, Isabel. Really appreciate it. As always, you can reach out and chat with me on my personal LinkedIn or Twitter at Izzy Castro Writes. That's spelled I-Z-Y. But for access to great daily content, check out Fintech Nexus on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also sign up for our daily newsletter, bringing news straight to your inbox. For more Fintech podcast fun, check out the website where you can find more fascinating conversations hosted by Peter Renton. That's it from me. Until next time, enjoy your downtime. <laughs>